Good evening and welcome to tonight's show. Late show tonight. Wasn't planning on doing a show, but that's just how it goes. Tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about Better Call Saul. So if you like Better Call Saul, make sure you tune in tomorrow night. But tonight, we are in the kitchen talking about some beef. Um, One of the many things we do here... I've got a massive frog in my throat. One of the many things we do here on the channel, in addition to examining history or reviewing things and la la la, la, just like every other nerd on the internet, one of the things we do is we take a look at uh, famous beefs and feuds. And, you know, we've done the Sex Pistols one already. We've talked about um, The Rock and Vin Diesel. We talked about. We talked about uh, Johnny Rotten and Marky Ramone at that uh, that punk that punk Q and A thing. We've done a whole bunch. Um, we've obviously talked about Glenn and Jerry endlessly. I think that's probably the, one of the one of the most famous beefs. You know, you have like you have like uh, you have Axl Rose and Slash, right? That's a pretty big one, but that's since been solved or whatever you want to call it. And then you have. You have Glenn and Jerry and the Misfits and that forever. I mean, you know, if you were into the band at that time, which is, you know, most of us, well, however, there are, there's a whole crop of kids who never experienced that. There's a whole crop of kids who just to them, the Misfits are always been together or, oh, they got back together three years ago and I just got into them, you know, uh, lucky kids. But there were, there was a many, 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 you know, almost three decades of those dudes not, not um, ever going to play together again. And we all just sort of accepted that uh, Danzig Doyle shows were going to be the closest thing that we were going to get to a Misfits reunion. It was pretty darn good. It was pretty darn good in terms of, in terms of what we got. However, those guys buried the hatchet too. This one, I would say almost rivals the Glenn Danzig Jerry only one. And, you know, I want to say that I'm well more studied and well read on the Glenn and Jerry feud because, you know, that's like we do a lot of misfit stuff. I don't two things. One, um, I love the album Age of Quarrel. I respect the Cro-Mags and their place in history and music history and what they did. Um, but they've never been like, you know, some sacred cow. I know that they are, they're incredibly revered. They have this diehard cult following in the same way that the misfits have a diehard cult following the Cro-Mags have their own diehard cult following within, you know, the New York Harker within hardcore music, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's not a sacred cow to me. I, I feel more objective. I feel less objective with the misfits. I feel much more objective with the Cro-Mags because like I said, I, it's just not a sacred cow to me at all. Um, it, it just, it just, it, it just is what it is, you know? And, uh, you know, I've always just kind of had it in the back of my mind. Should we talk about the Cro-Mags? I don't know. We've had Paris. Um, Paris has been on the show. Paris came on pizza punk. Um, really always very grateful for Paris's time. He's actually got a band called the aggros out and he's put out two killer music videos so go check out paris's youtube channel he's it's just aggros type in aggros one of them city streets and i forget what the other one is but um 
really like really like the music video work that Paris has been doing with that. In any case, that is about Paris being on the channel and having interviewed Paris a long time ago. That is about the extent of Cro-Magnum for me personally. I don't, I, I've, I've read about it, you know, uh, I followed it for sure. I remember when, man, 10 years ago, that big thing happened. That was like huge, huge, sent waves all across all sorts of communities. But that's really the extent of it. Um, I really, uh, just sort of, it's always been in my periphery, but I figured since, by the way, I see all the comments guys, I see DLW and Lark Bark and Lizzie Graves. I'm trying to stay on task though. Hello to everybody. Um, the, the, oh God, see, I just lost my train of thought. That's the problem. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about the oh 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 yeah i always wanted to do a beef show about this because i just it's it's fascinating and it's super complicated oh my lord everybody has an opinion everybody has a point of view it's like rashuman man with these guys it's like you know everybody experienced and saw things you know in various different ways and has their own spin on it um and it's just really <laughs> It's just really, really complicated. But then I saw today there's been a new development in in this long-standing age of quarrel. I can't imagine how many jokes there have been about the age. Oh, yeah, the age of quarrel. Yep, it sure is the age of quarrel. Get it? Get it? Because that's the name of their album, and they quarrel. Ah. Um, a new, a, a new uh, milestone in the age of quarrel uh, occurred. I saw in the news that Harley Flanagan is suing John Joseph. Okay, a little bit of backstory, and this is off the top of my head, and please, anybody, correct me. Feel free to jump in and say, no, 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 you got it wrong, blah, blah, blah. Leave something in the comments if I get something wrong. But as I recall, basically, you have the Age of Quarrel lineup is like the classic lineup for the Cro-Mags. That's John Joseph, Harley Flanagan, Doug Holland from Kraut, uh, Mackie, uh, Mackie Jason on drums and Paris Mayo on guitar. And that is like sort of like the, the you know, everybody loves Age of Carl. That's like the nucleus of, of, of the band, so to speak. And that that lineup was really only together for a very, very short period of time. And then after that, you had a variety of overlapping lineups like for instance uh john joseph leaves and then uh harley ends up singing and so then it's just harley in paris and the nucleus of the music of the creativity is paris and harley these two guys came together and they sort of made the stew that is the chromags in that kind of way John Joseph, I guess he did write some lyrics. So John Joseph contributed lyrics to certain songs. Um, it's a toss-up. You know, I've seen certain places where it says that John Joseph was the first singer, but then there, I've seen Paris and other people say Eric Casanova is the first singer of the Cro-Mags. And then Harley did a demo. He did a demo where he was doing all the instruments that predates everything. I don't know. You get, you can go back and forth. 
I don't know either which way. So if you really want to do further reading into this, please feel free. This is just a casual overview of the situation, right? Um, so you get these various different lineups happening and then Paris leaves and then John Joseph comes back, right? And then they do another album. That's I think that's the third album, right? Um, so you got it for a while. It was Doug Holland and Harley Flanagan, and then alternating between Paris Mayhew and um, and John Joseph. And then Paris finally, no, he came. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. So Paris left again. No, Paris left. John Joseph came, and then John Joseph left, and then Paris came back. John Joseph and Paris. As far as I know, they never were together in the band again uh, before, I mean, after Age of Quarrel. Age of Quarrel was the last time that, that, that that's why that lineup was like so special or something. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So you have all these different lines. And then like the final break, there's like the final break with these guys, I guess. And like the original band or whatever you want to call it is when. Um, uh paris and harley they finally split in i think it's 2000 or 2001 they recorded an album that ended up getting called revenge but revenge was actually and again correct me if i'm wrong i believe they had uh another name which i'm not gonna say because i know that like you can't even say it on facebook you get in trouble uh let's just put it this way the name is white and then d-e-v-i-l that was the name of a band um, that featured both Harley and Paris and they wrote music. And then that evolved back into doing Cro-Mags. And I think that material eventually turned into what's on revenge. Cause I don't think there's, there's an album of that stuff. I don't know. And then Paris and, and, and Harley split for the final time in 2001. And for a brief, for a brief moment, um, John Joseph and Mackie come back and they are doing performing under the pro mags once again. And then that split happens. And then Harley does a thing called Harley's war. And then, and then you have for many, many, many years for almost a decade and a half, John Joseph is just going out as the pro mags with Mackie on drums and he's got a he's got the dude from Sick of It All and Leeway playing guitar and bass, and they just do. I don't know. I don't know if they're doing more than maybe they're just only playing Age of Quarrel, or maybe they're playing more than that. I don't know. Um, and I guess John Joseph. And again, I'm not John Joseph. I'm not any of these guys, by the way. I just I have to put that out there. I am not. I do not know or I cannot speak for any of these people. Um, just want to just just a guy on the Internet talking like like everybody else. Um, I believe. OK, so John Joseph starts performing as the Cro-Mags with Mackie. And I think it's, you know, he th I, I, you know, why? Why would he do that without like the two guys who wrote like the music and you know, Harley started using the name or however that happened, you know, like the, without without either one of those guys, is it 
like really even the Cro-Mags, and that's always a debate. It's the same thing. We have the same, we have the same thing with we have the same thing with with the, with the Misfits, right? We always talk about well, it's not really the Misfits without Glenn. You need Glenn and Jerry for it to be the Misfits. Yada yada yada. The the people in New York hardcore, they seem to have the same. It's the same thing. It's the same argument. Oh well, if you don't have this guy and you don't have this guy, then it's not the band. And it goes back to the idea of like. Do you have a founding member? Do you have someone who wrote the music? Do you have the person who was the band leader, the band, you know, the artistic direction? And I guess John Joseph was able to do what he did for so long because he was operating under the the notion that he was the front man singer of the band, despite the fact that he didn't really write. I mean, he wrote lyrics. That was it. You know, does that give... Is that enough? Is he a, is he considered a founding member? Is that enough for him to go out and perform those songs, you know, with Mackie because they are represent two out of the five members of the classic lineup? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that that whole time you got Harley, I guess Harley at I don't know how long he was looking to do this, but at a certain point he went back to he took him to court he took john joseph and mackie to court to get the name back he wanted or he wanted the name and he you you could see him kind of like getting ready for that he's putting out he put out an album called he put out a solo album just called harley flanagan and it was called Cro-Mag. and i think that was done on purpose because he's trying to establish some sort of ownership over the trademark because the bottom line is john joseph on some level has a case in the sense that Harley Flanagan is performing under all these other names for whatever reason. Um, and John Joseph is using the name Cromax and that he could then go to court and say, well, even if he is the owner, I'm the one that's been using the mark and try and, you know, fight, fight Harley in that way and, and, and win that case under those, under those circumstances. How, you know, concrete is that? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Um, is there any, like, you know, does that make any sense? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, there was an incident that happened in 2012 and that, that, that solo album I'm talking about that came out a little bit later than that came out later after, after what had happened in 2012. Basically there was a CBGB festival, the Cro-Mags, John Joseph's Cro-Mags were playing and Harley went down with his two kids and he was looking to try to make peace. So he claims he's looking to make peace. And yet then again, it turns into a Rashomon that, you know what Rashomon is phenomenal movie by Akira Kurosawa, but it's like, everybody has a point of view. It's the same thing with uh, the last duel. What's that, that Ridley Scott movie that just came out really good film. I think it's called the last duel everybody's point of view is shaded a little bit differently than everyone else. And then somewhere in there is the actual truth, the actual unbiased truth of what happened. And depending on how you hear it, you know, if you're, if, if you're asking John Joseph, Harley came into the dressing room to try and, you know, attack him and he had a knife and he, uh, they were able to, they, they, a bunch of guys took on Harley and, stopped you know stopped him from doing something with the knife if you talk to harley if you've heard harley's side of the story harley says he goes in there and he's literally jumped there was some guy waiting behind the door he got jumped except here's the thing harley flanagan is a tough motherfucker i mean 
The dude does, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's an instructor with, uh, what's it, Renzo Gracie, I think it's called. I mean, the guy is, you know, he's a friggin' mad dog pit bull, dude. Like, you know, he's ferocious, friggin' ferocious. So a bunch of guys go in on him. And even, even though it was like whatever, however many guys against one, Harley still manages or Har- I, I, I don't know if it was Harley's knife or somebody's knife. Um, Harley manages to stab a dude. He also got stabbed in his leg. Um, it, it was a mess, you know, and Harley's like, I was fighting for my life. I believe he said that at some point he was fighting for his life. He really felt like he really felt like he was going to, uh, you know, something bad was going to happen. And so that's the whole, that's kind of like the whole then he goes to jail Harley went to jail for it or he was locked up at least and then he had to he had to deal with that and then he uh he got out he got remarried um and went back to court and won he won the lawsuit and then the whole time and I never asked him about this personally I really did try to sort of stay away from that stuff um I never asked Paris when, when I've chatted with him about this, but like, he's always just sort of, he's always just, once he was out of it, he was out of it, man. It's so it seems he's like, I don't, he's, he's, he's vocal about it. He talks about it. He's like, I don't want anything to do with that. It's like, it's done. He loves, you know, um, Paris loves chatting with Cro-Mags fans. And, you know, uh, I see people ask him questions all the time. He's always answering stuff and telling things. Um, as he remembers them from his perspective and uh, very uh, logical sort of factual when he when he discusses these things and he's just sort of like he's got his he's got a career doing um, he's got a, he works as a steady cam operator he's worked on a ton of shows he was doing music videos with drew stone they got those guys used to do music videos together he directed music videos directed a typo that typo negative video that that blew up and now he's got a new project. He was doing a project a long, long time ago. It was going to be called Blood for Papa. That was the name of it. And then what happened was he had a, he had, um, oh God, what was it? Uh, it, it wasn't working out. It, the Blood for Papa wasn't working out. He, he was having trouble solidifying things in, in a way that, that, that he saw for his vision. I don't know. And then he ended up doing this thing called the agros and it's just sort of, it's kind it's pretty cool. Actually. It's, you know, uh, it's instrumental. It's just long, these long instrumental songs. Um, and you know, he, he may think that his music is just, it's just instrumental music. He's just doing instrumental music and that's it. Like it could be played live at a show, but I really feel like you need a visual, like it's almost like he's scoring this visual element that you find in the music videos. They're not really telling a story or anything, but they're just like, I feel like you need the visual component to really appreciate what he's doing in, in his new project, the Agros. So he's happy doing his own thing. He's off doing, doing his own thing. And that really just leaves, that really just leaves like John, and and he also he did an interview in Noisy uh, Paris did, where he sets the record straight. He if you want to go read what Paris thinks about all this stuff, just go and take a look at that. One thing that was interesting from that interview is that he says that John Joseph came to him. 
He was like, hey, I want to write a new out. I want to get back together or something. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't not it's not word for it. I want to get back together. Let's do something. I want I I and basically saying to Paris, like needing Paris to write more Chromex music. Because one thing that is for certain, and you I mean, it's quite obvious that John just wrote some lyrics because those dudes, for whatever reason, because you got to imagine the guy from Sick of It All and Leeway. I mean, they're musicians. Like, why can't they write songs? Why, why can't they write, you know, songs? Um, by the way, I see all the comments, guys. I'm just trying to get through this. We'll go to the comments. I pro- we're going to go back through the comments afterwards. I'm just trying to stay on the straight and narrow here. Um, you know, you would think that those guys would have put out a Chromax album. And I got to tell you, I, I'd imagine that Harley would have had a much harder time, you know, um, securing that trademark. I bet you that really bit John Joseph in the butt. Um, because you know, he's performing live, but he hasn't, I feel like he needs to record music and Harley who has no problem recording music. He just cranks out songs like they're candy. So he recorded an album. He records his whole solo album, calls it Cro-Mag. And he, in, you know, in two seconds, he does what, what John Joseph wasn't able to do for many years. However, John Joseph has another prey band. And I think he's doing this now. He's got a band that he's had for on and off called blood clot. And that had Todd youth in it. Um, and they're doing something now, but what's interesting. It's like, why didn't you ever do anything when you were, had the Chromax name? Like, it's just, I don't know. I find that interesting. Maybe he knew on some level that it wasn't, or maybe it had to do with the fact that like, it was one thing to perform as the Chromax. It would be another thing to try and write music as the Chromax. And when it was something that he hadn't done before, he hadn't written music as the Chromax, just written lyrics. That's not to say, you know, I'm trying, I'm really diminishing the, the legitimacy, not legitimacy, the, um, uh, how important lyrics are. I mean, lyrics are a huge component of the music and a song, right? Like, yes, you can have instrumentals, but you know, part of a song is its melody and its lyrics. It can't be understated. So um, I don't want to take away from the fact that, you know, listen, if you're contributing lyrics, that is contributing to the writing of a song on some level. Um, so, yeah, but he said in this in this article, Paris was like, yeah, John Joseph, he he he, he came to me like we, we went out. We had some coffee or something. They were somewhere. He's like, I want you to come back. I want you to uh, team up with me as the Cro-Mags. We'll, uh, we'll do a new album and. And Paris, you know, I guess John Joseph had said some very uh, negative things about Paris. And he was like, look, I'm not doing Paris had terms and conditions before he'd even consider it. And John Joseph was flabbergasted. And that sort of ended that thing. So Paris has just been happy to do his his aggros thing. And he's just been off doing that. And we just talked about that. So now I think that sets the stage for what's happened now. So Harley gets out. He fought. He takes him to court and he fights in the court and they, he gets the name back. I mean, it's just one of those, it's just one of those long sorted tales of just like people, like these people just cannot get along like at all. Like none of these guys, Harley doesn't like John Joseph. John Joseph doesn't like Harley. Uh, Paris doesn't like Harley. Paris doesn't like John Joseph. John Joseph doesn't like Paris. John Joseph does like, they all do not like each other on some level. I don't know where Doug Holland fits into that but he fits into that i think somewhere maybe he's more neutral 
Uh, he's more neutral on the outside or something. Now, Harley, in recent years, once he secured, and here's what's interesting too. Um, I think Harley has really sort of seen, he's really sort of like seen what can be with Glenn and Jerry. And so around, maybe even, maybe before, definitely before, but especially after 2016, when the Misfits reunited, right? When the Misfits reunited and were playing, you know, um, these big shows and commanding these huge guarantees. I mean, Harley was opening for him. Harley was opening for them. I saw him open for them at um, something, something, something. And um, I think Harley just was like, damn, dude, like, like, what are we doing? Why all of us are alive. All of us have are, are, are functioning. We can all play music. We're all, you know, um, in, in good condition. Why aren't we making, why aren't we just making loads of money playing age of quarrel when we could be, you know, and I'm sure they could get, I mean, that, that is definitely a hugely high in demand reunion. And there's a lot of money to be made if one's object and goal is to make a lot of money. And for whatever reason, those guys cannot, they cannot get on the same page in any kind of way. Harley's made some very public attempts. You know, he does it on Facebook or whatever. He said, he always says, you know, I will, I extend my, I absolutely would uh, extend the olive branch, you know, in the name of he, see Harley says in the name of making all the fans happy, which of course is true, but is really sort of another way of saying like, you know, we stand to make a lot of money. I'm not saying Harley's in it for the money. I'm not saying any of them are in it for the money. I'm just saying clearly they're not because if they were, then they would be together playing those shows. But the point is, is that that's kind of like a, there, there's a, there's an asterisk above. There's like a little star above the, uh, above that phrase, making all the fans happy and getting paid really, really well to do so. That kind of thing. And they just can't do it. it, it uh, John Joseph refuses. And John Joseph plays it off like, you know, that he's being, uh, that he wants nothing to do with Harley after what happened in 2012 um, backstage at the CBGB Festival, which brings us, I think that kind of brings us up today. So, so Harley does have, you know, his newest version of the Chromags, whatever you want to call it, however you want to call it, Harley's Chromags, Chromags, the Chromags or Chromags. Harley has the is the sole trademark holder um, of the name Chromags, and he has he has guys Rocky George who used to be in the Chromags. Uh, he's got this guy G Man Sullivan, that dude. He's also in the Chromags. He's got some new guy in the Chromags, and they've been recording and they've been recording with Steve Zing, Trick or Treat Studios. Steve Zing, uh, engineer and co-producer. I forgot who the other co-producer is. There's somebody else. I think. I think. And um, just been, just been doing. They did an EP, I think, and now they're doing an album. Lots and lots of stuff. Harley's got a documentary, and now he's out there touring, really doing his, you know, some big touring for the first time because there was obviously 2020 sort of took everybody uh, for a loop. And put everybody on the side. Now, 
part of the settlement of this of this lawsuit, and we're going to take a look at the, all of these things in just a moment. Part of the settlement of that lawsuit for the name Cromags was that John Joseph and Mackie they still had dates as the Cromags that they were contractually obligated to, and so until those dates were completed, they were legally allowed. The judge ruled that they were legally allowed to perform as Cromag's JM for John Joseph and Mackie. It's a really stupid name. I think everybody across the board, I think Harley Flanagan thinks it's a stupid name. I think John Joseph must think it's a stupid name. I think Mackie must think it's a stupid name. And I'm sure, I'm sure Paris must think it's really, really stupid name. But that's what they have to call themselves. Uh, why do they can't call themselves like Cromag's Jam, which, which, I know that John Joseph is used in the past. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's just the way it is. But, but um, that's what has led to the most recent crop of trouble as the quarrel continues. But first, let us take a quick commercial break for a moment to talk about Riotstickers.com, our official sponsor. We're powered by Riotstickers.com. If you need shirts, if you need buttons, if you need banners like the one behind me, if you need stickers, especially if you need stickers, vinyl stickers, go to Riotstickers.com. Look, they even make bottle cap openers. They do magnets. You can magnetize your face onto something. Um, we love our sponsor sponsors at Riotstickers.com. They take care of all of our needs to print up T-shirts. They they do it up big, so check it out. Link is in the description. Let's watch our little 60-second video before we move on. We make stickers, banners, and buttons too. Posters and promo cards. There's nothing we can't print for you. From stage backdrops to Okay, and we are back. So, uh, a question for all of you who are watching in the audience. Um, that, and we will attempt. I will give you my, my answer at the end of the show. But my question to you is this: Who do you think would win in a fight, Harley Flanagan or John Joseph? Who would win? Uh, I'll tell you who I think would win in a fight at the end of the show. So stick to still there, stick tuned. That was weird to say. Stick around, and we will take a look as well as we will look at the, these comments. In the meantime, let's go to the 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 piece that I saw that led me to finally decide to do this um <laughs> this this uh, beef episode, this feud episode. 
This is from this is from blabbermouth.net. They usually they regurgitate. They're like a secondary news source in that they don't usually break stories. They write about the stories after the fact. They do pretty good summaries. This is oh, it doesn't say who posted it, but this is from blabbermouth.net. So we have Cromags. This is from June seventh, twenty twenty two. So this just broke today. Cromags founder Harley Flanagan sues John Joseph over New York City show. Cromags founder Harley Flanagan has filed a lawsuit against his former bad bandmate John Joseph McGowan uh, for allegedly ripping off the group's name. According to the New York Post, which I don't like, a terrible, terrible newspaper. I know Harley doesn't like them either. Uh, I just, they really are dreck. So, like, the news source is not the best. However, Harley has commented on it um, uh, as well. So we'll take a look at that. According to the New York Post, the federal trademark infringement lawsuit filed on Monday by Savoya... NYC Inc., which is owned by Flanagan, claims that McGowan used the names, used the name Cromag's Jam in violation of a 2019 settlement agreement giving Flanagan the rights to the Cromag's name. Um, so it was just filed today. The suit alleges that McGowan used Cromag's Jam to promote an April 23rd benefit concert in the East Village's Tompkins Square Park, causing confusion about who was actually performing according to the filing. So I do remember Harley posted something on his Facebook saying along the lines of um, just so you everybody knows, I will not be performing this is not me. This is John Joseph, something like that. He said something like that on his Facebook. Once again, paraphrasing, I am not quoting Harley Flanagan directly. Just want to clarify that quote here is the impermissible phrase. Cromags jam suggests that Mr. Flanagan, the original member of the Cromags would be conducting a jam session with other musicians, which is obviously not the case. The suit states. This clearly constitutes unfair competition, trademark infringement, and a material breach of the settlement agreement, as it is impermissible use of the plaintiff's Cro-Mags mark, the filing says. All this stuff, man, with the Cro-Mags, with the misses, it's so punk rock. You're infringing on my trademark, punk rock. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It is funny, though, because these guys like, these guys are like, you know, they lived on the streets and yada, yada, yada. Now here they are fighting in court. It's just, you go from street justice to court justice, right? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that, uh, uh, ironic in that kind of way earlier today, Flanagan shared a screenshot of the, Oh, so he, Oh, so this actually, uh, this actually quotes, um, what he wrote on Facebook. Earlier today, Flanagan shared a screenshot of the New York Post article, and he included the following message. When you have fought for something that is yours as hard as I have and spent the kind of money that I have, you have to protect what you own. You can't just walk away from it when people decide to violate the terms. I have to say, I totally agree with that. I 100% agree with that. If you... If you spent money and time and energy and you fought for something in court and that it's that is his 
IP or whatever you want to call it, or he is the owner of the trademark at this point in time. I mean, you don't do all that without, you know, fighting to protect it. Um, I have no problem fighting for what's mine. This is Harley says this. I have no problem fighting for what's mine. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm not afraid to do what is right. And I'm not afraid of anyone. So until you've had to fight for something that is yours as hard as I have, you should shut the F up. And the New York Post in particular has always taken every opportunity they can to crap on me and twist the truth. I wonder if that's because the New York Post editor used to have a crush on my wife. Sorry, buddy. F you and your rag of a paper. It is indeed a rag of a paper. I totally agree on that. Flanagan is seeking a permanent injunction. Injunction is fancy court speak for stopping something, like legally stopping something. So he's seeking a permanent injunction to stop McGowan from using the trademark in any form. Now, mind you, after that lawsuit, and you know what's funny? After that lawsuit and that he could only use the name Chromax Jam, uh, JM, Chromax JM, I he started using the name Blood Clot again. So I just assumed that he was like, this is a really lame name. I'm just going to use my that other name, Blood Clot, which he should have been doing the whole time, to be honest with you. You know, so many for the for the for the you know, it's a polarizing situation. Half people love half of the people out there love that Cro-Mags, that Cro-Mags with just um, John Joseph and Mackie and the other half don't. And they're like, it's not really the Cro-Mags, yada, yada, yada. It depends on who's a fan of who. If you're a fan of, if you take Harley's side, if you take Paris's side, if you take uh, John Joseph's side, whatever the case, um, why not just, why not just go out as blood clot? Why not go out as blood clot and play Cro-Mags songs? It's so simple. The, the, the answer, and here's the answer to all these things, including the misfits, including anything. The answer is very, very simple, actually. The truth of the matter is the Cro-Mags name commands a higher guarantee. With the Cro-Mags name, you're attaching the age of quarrel. I mean, all that stuff. And so there's a reason why they want to perform as Cro-Mags as opposed to Blood Clot. However, and again, we talk about this topic endlessly, how in the long run, in the big picture kind of way, you're going to be in a better spot if you just take, you know, you're already established, however you were established, whether it was from being in the Misfits or being in the Cro-Mags or whatever band it is. And just going out there and starting under a new name or starting under a name that you have full control over, like Blood Clot. Why not just go out as Blood Clot? Nothing's, you could still perform covers of Cro-Mag songs. As a matter of fact, people will appreciate it more, I think. Um, and certainly your biggest, you know, uh, critics, mainly being your former bandmates like Paris and Harley, will have less stones to throw at you because you're not using the name Chromax to which they take such umbrage with. Um, and then on top of that, you're releasing blood clot music. And now he's finally doing that and, you know, more power to him. I'm happy for John Joseph. I hope it's a very fruitful and suggest, uh, very fruitful. Uh, what's it called? Um, venture for him. And, um, yeah, it's like he's in this situation right now because he should have just done that like after 2002. Just go out as blood clot. 
Blood clot performs the age of quarrel. Like, who cares? Everybody knows what the age of quarrel is connected to. Why do you have to use the name Chromax? Well, we know why, because of the guarantees, but still. And what's interesting to me about Harley Flanagan, and again, I don't know the whole story here, but you have to wonder what, what took so goddamn long? Why did, and maybe it's resources, maybe, you know, there's a bunch of reasons why it could be, but it's just like, I feel like I would have such a sense of urgency to lock that down. If I had a, like a more legitimate claim, you know, Harley Flanagan clearly has a more legitimate claim to the name Cromax than, than John Joseph does. And, you know, I think they're, they, they always fight about who's the original members and who came first and blah, 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 blah. But I think, I think it doesn't really matter whether they're both original, but it's just like, or they're both classic. It's just that Harley has more of a claim to the name than you do. So just use the name blood clot and be done with it. Whatever that side tangent complete in April, 2019 McGowan and Mackie Jason reached an agreement with Flanagan over the rights to the Chrome X name. I just want to quickly side note that I once I, I saw Mackie. Where did I see Mackie out? I think it was at St. Vitus or something. <clears throat> and I chatted with him for a few minutes and he was just a really, really nice guy. Really nice guy. Uh, you know what it was? Uh, him and John Joseph were performing as the Cro-Mags with I Hate God. I Hate God at St. Vitus. That's what it was. Mackie's a really nice guy. Um, I had seen Mackie and John Joseph uh, with Dr. No and Daryl Jennifer billed as the Bad Brains at CBGB's. I didn't know that I went to go see the Bad Brains. I didn't know that HR wasn't in the band at the time. And when HR isn't playing, neither does Ernie Hudson. His his Ernie Hudson's the drummer. That's his brother. So I went there and I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was like, well, who's this white guy? I didn't even know who John Joseph was at the time. And um, I saw him perform with, as I guess, as the Bad Brains. And it was actually really great. It was really great. I understand why people like seeing John Joseph doing Cro-Mag songs. Um, they like they like the energy that he brings to the stage, whatever it is. Um, as a frontman, I guess. So at the time, it was announced that going forward, McGowan and Jason would perform as the Cro-Mags JM, which is the dumbest name ever, JM. While Flanagan, who came up with that? You have to imagine that was, I, I, I mean, but was that John Joseph who thought of that? Who thought of that? Cro-Mags Jam. Why not just Cro-Mags Jam? While, while Flanagan would get to use the Cro-Mags name for his own version of the band. I mean, if I was, I mean, that I would imagine that both John Joseph and Harley would be pissed over that agreement in that it's just as much brand confusion to have Cro-Mags and Cro-Mags Jam. But, you know, what do I know? I don't know. In 2018, Flanagan, who found the Cro-Mags at the age of 14, sorry, in 2018, Flanagan, who founded the Cro-Mags at the age of 14 and toured with the band for some 20 years, sued members of the group for allegedly using the Cro-Mags name without his permission, um, claiming that Cro-Mags was his idea when he formed the band in 1981. Flanagan filed a lawsuit against, so it was actually, he, he, he waited until 2018, so almost 
almost 16 years, 16 years that John Joseph was using that name. And, and Harley hadn't sued him once. Flanagan filed a lawsuit against then the most recent lineup of the group, including McGowan, in part for copyright infringement, saying that he had trademarked the Cro-Mag name uh, for recording in 2010 and for merchandise in 2009 and then again in 2017. So here's the thing, and this is what always happens too. So Harley, I guess Harley filed, so Harley filed trademarks. So he had been working. I, okay, so that answers my own question. You know, he had been actively working to do stuff. I mean, this stuff does take time. It wasn't like he just, I guess he didn't just sit on his butt for 16 years. You know, um, as early as, you know, seven years later, he started filing trademarks and stuff. Or he started, uh, yeah, he started trademarking everything. Um, but, oh God, what was I just about to say? Um, yeah, it, it's just like, it's like, I guess he just had to build, he had to really, really build his case in order to take on McGowan in order because McGowan had just been performing under that name for so long. According to the New York post, Harley claimed in the lawsuit that the other members of the Chromax took over the band around 2002 when Flanagan's first son was about to be born and Flanagan had to stop touring to help with the baby. So that's the reason why. He had kids, he had newborn kids, and he was more focused on being a father. In July 2012, Flanagan was arrested in New York City on charges of attacking several members of the Cro-Mags. During the CBGB Festival, Flanagan, who had been a panelist at one of the event's seminars, allegedly attempted to attend the concert of his former band. At the time, McGowan told the New York Post that he and Flanagan started the band together in the early 80s, but Flanagan continually took all the credit for himself. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know, but I think that's not true. I don't think that John Joseph formed the band with, with Harley in that kind of way, or at least that's not the way I understand it. Um, But I don't know. But Flanagan continually took all the credit for himself. McGowan claimed that the situation got so bad, Flanagan pocketed every cent from their 1986 tour that caused me to lose my apartment and to be homeless in 1987, John said. I had lived hand to mouth. In a separate interview with the New York Times, McGowan said that Flanagan has been a negative thorn in the side of this band forever. So that's the that's the screenshot. Well, that's what Harley says, and we already read that part. Um, I think that's it, unless there's a little bit more in this one in the New York Post. Let's see if we can find it. Let's see if we can find it, and then we'll go to the comments and wrap this bad boy up. McGowan and another form, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is from 2012. Let me see here. Let me see here. Let me see what I can find. Um, what's going to become of this? Okay, now why? Now here's the thing: Why is Harley suing over this thing? Obviously, we know why because he he's, he's he said why he said why I'm protecting something. You got to protect something that you fought for. That kind of way. However, he's kind of forced to, and I'll explain why I think that is in a minute. Let's first look at this. So the reason why. The, the concert in New York City at Hopkins Square Park was uh, a benefit concert. 
um, and supposedly caused confusion. We saw that already. The suit filed by a company controlled by founding basis, Harley Flanagan, alleges the use. Right, right, right. We already read that part. McGowan and another former member of the group, meanwhile, under the terms of the deal. But the, I guess the thing is that deal sort of expired with those dates and they were not allowed to use the name Cromag JM out after that. Um, and they did. They they sure did. Hold on. Let's see. I'm just trying to find. I think there's something else. Yeah, we already read that. We already read that. Um, after the backstage dust up, this is after in 2012 with the stabbing. McGowan told the Post that Flanagan had been telling people that he planned to attack his former bandmates while maintaining that he was the sole founder of the Chromags. Yeah, I'm sure that's what Harley was doing. He said. I'm planning to attack them. By the way, I'm the sole founder of the Cro-Mags. He tells everybody he founded the band, McGowan said, but we founded the band. Um, I really think, you know, here's the thing, too. It's like, it's like, it's all semantics at the end of the day. But like, there is, there comes a time where you like decide, like, you know, it's at this point when something truly begins in the case of, in the case of the Misfits, it's when Jerry, Glenn, and Manny get together that they really become the Misfits. That's when the band really begins. It doesn't matter if there was a guitar player, Jimmy Battle or Diane D. Piazza before that. It wasn't really, they weren't really a band yet. They didn't perform live. And I think it's the same. I think you could say the same for the Cro-Mags in the sense that when, you know, when Paris and, and Harley got together and they start writing that music together and forming those songs and John's contributing those lyrics, that's the band. You know, that's when the band begins. So you can go back and forth about who did this or who did what. Um, then but before the April show in Tompkins Square Park, Flanagan's wife, Laura Flanagan, wrote a cease and desist letter requesting McGowan not use the name to promote the concert. So how about that? We wish you success with your benefit. If there was ever any interest in Mr. McGowan performing in a charitable benefit with the registrant and the Cro-Mags, that is an opportunity that we would be happy to discuss. The offer has been extended many times in the recent past, the letter says. Um, That's super interesting. And yeah, I mean, he said that a whole bunch. He said that a whole bunch about you know um extending the olive branch here's at the bottom line here's what ends up happening this is what it what it really comes down to john joseph breaks the agreement from 2019 and decides i'm going to perform with mackie as the chromags or call ourselves the chromags jam he's now calling the bluff of harley flanagan he's put he's putting harley in a place where now harley has to sue in order to protect the trademark, because if Harley doesn't sue, then he's now setting a precedent where where John Joseph is just going to keep doing it. He'll just keep doing it. He doesn't want to do it with Harley. Harley's willing to do claims that he's willing to do it with John and, and Mackie and all the rest. Um, But it's not it's not a mutual thing. It's not a mutually agreed upon thing. And therefore, 
with Harley having being in control of the trademark finally, in a way it's like a carrot. And it's like, look, you want to perform as the Chromags, you got to do it now with me. That's what Harley through Harley's actions, that's what it's saying, right? Like I now have the Chromags name. Harley knows that he is going to make more money as the Chromags if he has more Age of Coral members in. So of course he's going to be open to inviting them, but he's now in control where he can open and close that door. And uh, as opposed to John Joseph just being like, I don't want to have anything to do with you, Harley, but I'm still going to use the Chromags name. So Harley puts a stop to that by having that trademark. So it's it, he's created he's created a sense of leverage for himself and those potential future endeavors should he be able to get everybody on the same page, which has clearly proven to be incredibly difficult to do. Now, let me see if I can find this little thing here. All right, here we go. Found it. So this was recently, this was from a month ago, and I could. this was probably after, this was after the April show. This was after the April show. Hold on. Charlie Flanagan lawsuit. Let's see. Let's see what pops up here. Blabbermouth. This is a different blabbermouth. This is from a month ago. We're looking for doesn't see classic. That's what we're gonna look for real quick. Sorry, everybody. Doesn't see. Oh, we'll take a look at the comments in a minute. And I want to hear what everybody thinks. Um, here we go. Found it. I want to hear what everybody thinks, whether they think that Harley would win in a fight or John Joseph would win in a fight. We're going to find out, find that out in a minute. Let's take a look here. This is the last article we're going to look at. So this is recent. It's not, it wasn't posted today, but it's recent enough. So this is from April 14th. So this is before the this is before the the concert benefit on the 23rd and possibly after when Laura Flanagan and Harley had written a note saying, "Hey, stop promoting yourself as Cro-Mags Jam." During an appearance on so this says Harley Flanagan doesn't see the classic Cro-Mags lineup ever reuniting. That ship has kind of sailed. And maybe what Harley's really you know, expressing here is Harley's expressing the idea that like, you know, he's performing as Chromex jam without me. I mean, it's done. It's done. How am I going to re- can't reason with him during an appearance on the talking bullocks, the monthly metal podcast hosted by acid rain frontman turned stand-up comedian, Howard H Smith. Harley Flanagan, who founded the legendary har- hardcore band Chromax at the age of 14, was asked if he thinks the classic line of the Chromax will ever unite. He responded as transcribed by Blabbermouth.net. He says, nah, really, sadly, I don't. And you know what? For those of you who have followed my social BS media and all that, you see that I've been over it for many, many, many years. I've extended the olive branch to all these effing guys a gajillion times. Most recently, I guess he was trying to get, they're trying to get um, live shows put out um, that included 
that included all the original members or all the Age of Crawl members. He says, I've extended the olive branch to all these effing guys a gazillion times. Even with all the bickering that has gone on back and forth, I've always been willing to talk and I've always been willing to try and see what everybody could do to effing just make everybody walk away feeling whole on some level. No one's ever going to be happy about anything because everybody's too bitter. Everybody's too pissed off. Everybody's too old. But I tried and I effing tried and I effing tried. And all I really got back was a lot of negativity and hostility and bitterness. And that ship has kind of sailed. I'm always willing to talk because at the end of the day, and I said this to all of them, we have the ability to make so many people happy, a.k.a. make a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, come on. Come on, Harley. That too. That too. Come on, man. Um, To just give them that moment. And if that doesn't matter to you, if you can't get past your own BS for 45 minutes, the first half, the first album was only a half hour long. If you can't put your BS aside and get on some sort of platform and play together for 30 minutes and make all these people effing happy, then you know what? Then you really don't deserve those fans. If you can't give them that, they shouldn't give you crap you don't deserve it i don't know if anybody's noticed but me and old jj former crow mags frontman john joseph we stopped talking crap about each other a long ass time ago he continued when the whole settlement ended that was it and he's saying a long ass time ago it's not really a long ass time ago it's just a couple of years ago it's 2019 right um he says when that when the whole settlement ended that was it man we effing let it go that was part of our agreement it was like this crap when the smoke settles it's done let's move on with our lives leave me out of the press i'll leave you out of the press i'll only ever say something that's true or something that's nice or funny or whatever now i have to say in general that's the way you it should kind of always be with exceptions obviously i think for the most part for the most part you should just you should always just say something nice um, or true, you know, as long as it's positive about other people. There's no reason to say mean crap about anybody unless you're Dr. Chud. Um, he's, uh, Harley says, I'm just done. I'm done. And I asked the same of everybody. I'm like, who wants to get on stage and play with somebody who's actively crapping on them, actively wiping their butt? with their face every time they open their mouth. I'm supposed to get up on a stage with you when you just talked all kinds of BS. And I know the history. I actually know the history. And you're going to keep running your mouth. And I'm supposed to get up and look at you without punching your effing teeth down your throat. Fat effing chance. B-I-T-C-H. Let's have a conversation like two mother effing men. I ain't trying to prove. Look, I'm not a bully. I'm a mother effer grown effing grown-ass man flanagan added i don't give an f i don't need to intimidate anybody with my toughness and crap like that i've kicked enough asses in my time i don't care but if these mother effers ever wanted to have a conversation we could have a conversation but just let it be known it cost me mother effing over 250k in my legal entanglements uh just to effing get the crap lockdown that i owed that i owned that whole effing legal bs was just to get those dudes to stop playing under a trademark that they didn't actually own i own the trademark 
2019, Flanagan reached a settlement with Joseph and drummer Mackie Jason regarding the ownership of the Chromag's name. Flanagan is now performing under the Chromag's name while Joseph and Jason are performing as Chromag's JM. I mean, some of these articles don't really... Um, some of these articles don't really... Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, they don't really illustrate the 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 reality that i don't think they can perform under chromax jam i think that was just for some shows again i don't know someone please clarify that for me i'm pretty sure that was the case in 2018 we already know this uh they use name without permission blah 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 blah, blah, blah. 2010 trademark this 2009 um this is just going over the history the history of chromax is integral. history of the chromax is integral to hardcore blah, blah 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 we know this we know this we know this um oh here's something that sort of explains it so by 80 okay so according to blabbermouth uh by 82 or 83 flanagan had written and recorded the very first chromax demos consisting of four songs that would become the blueprint for the debut album, The Age of Quarrel. He wrote all of the music, playing each instrument and sang. Before long, he connected with Paris Mayo, and the two started writing music and auditioning band members. So then that's when I that's when I think the Chromags really begins. When the two of them get together and the they find because Harley's not writing riffs, uh, he's not writing guitar riffs, right? He's he's writing the bass stuff. Maybe he's writing the structure, and then and Paris is bringing in guitar stuff. It's it's not either or. It's it's all together. And um, I feel like we just shared a lot of, here. One last thing I'm going to suggest. I'm not going to read this now because it's really long. It's really wrong, really long. But if you want another perspective on this whole matter, I'm going to put the 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 article that paris the interview that paris did for noisy by vice in the comments and that's paris's point of view on everything and it's very very detailed it's very meticulous and it's a very long read we'll be here for a whole you know another two hours if we sit and read this but check it out i just put the link in the comments to that so now we've covered all our bases i think did that load properly i think it did i think it did yes it did okay all right let's go to the comments before we before we say good night hold on I'm... Damn. Did I just come back? I hope I came back. Oh, there I am. Woo. That is really annoying when that happens. There we go. There we go. Okay. 
We're back. We're back in business. Sorry, guys. If ever that should happen, you just got to give it a second. That's my fault. We lost. I think we lost some comments here. I can't see all the comments. The first comment. Damn, we lost comments. Okay, the first comment I have here is from Chris Vernon. What's going on? We're just we're talking. We're talking Cro-Mags, man. So this says Paris helped write Alpha and Omega, but did not play on it. Okay. Yeah, we just we talked about the demo, Tyler. Thank you very much. Talked about the demo here. Uh, what else we got going on? It's not mutual because allegedly Harley has monetarily cashed in and screwed those guys in the past, so we'll never know. Um, writing credits on the albums are kind of sketchy too. Okay. We've got Harley's Cro-Mags, we have Blood Clot, and we have Paris's Agros. We'll never have a reunion. We just have to have what we have by what is put out musically, so it's kind of up to us to just take in what we can and come up with our own conclusions at this point. Um, oh, here's more comments. Lark Bark was just thinking about the, the, the Cro-Mags. Um... Zippy thought that the lawsuit was already settled with JJ getting the right to call his version. Nope, no, it's gotten more. Uh, John Adoom says, I just saw John Joseph on 2nd Avenue a couple weeks ago giving a tour to tourists, even though he lives in Florida now. When did he move to Florida? I didn't know they moved to Florida. That's so funny. That dude moved to Florida? That's hilarious. I mean, I thought that dude was like a loyal New Yorker type of guy. Um, I guess he's still doing his tours. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe he flies up to do the tours. And John Doom also says that the organic grill reopened on West Third. Food is amazing, but a bit expensive. Is that a um, is that like a vegan style place? All those dudes are either vegan or vegetarian. Uh, Paris, Paris is vegan. Um, John, we all know that John Joseph is vegan, and I think Harley's vegetarian. Although Paris and Harley are just like live their lives, and John Joseph takes every second of every day to you know shame anybody who eats meat or doesn't eat vegan. I agree. I don't know why bands can't just put their differences and egos aside. It's such a pity. I mean, you know, there's just there there's turmoil, man. There's history and turmoil. It's it's hard. It's such a weird thing because you can have chemistry with someone. I've heard Par- I have heard Paris say this, how hard it is to have chemistry with someone that you don't always get along with or that you constantly are butting heads with, but you have great chemistry and it's like, what do you do? Do you just give up that chemistry? Uh, and the greatness that you're capable of because you just can't, you know, figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, What are my top three Cro-Mag songs? I don't know if I have three. I, I think We Gotta Know is probably my favorite one. I really like that song a lot. That's a good one. That's a really, that's a really, really good one. Two more Cro-Mag songs. I'm trying to think. Uh <sighs> Streets of Justice. Is there a song called Streets of Justice? I think so. Um, 
trying to think of one more. I mean, any time that I've listened to that album, it's just straight down, like all the way through. Um, Amy likes the Alpha Omega album is the best, thinks it's the best. Both Harley Flanagan, both Harley Flanagan and John Joseph are really tough dudes. I guess that's why they have many disagreements due to the strong personalities. Maybe. Maybe. It's so nice to see Amy. She was she was gone for so long and now she's back in the chats. Glad to have you. Mason says he found a Sam Hain shirt at the swap meet. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Okay, John, I, I think John is referring to the stabbing here. Both the uh, both of their recounts of the incident are convincing. I don't think we'll ever know the truth. I don't think we're ever going to know the whole truth either. I think it's just one of those. I mean, it's a shame that there's no security camera in that room that could really tell us. Zach says that Harley would kick John's butt. Harley trained under Renzo. So, yeah, he'd kick your ass. I've been hardly quiet. I've been hardly quiet a few t different times, and yep. Okay. Both John says, John of Doom says, both are in good shape and have martial arts skills, but I think Joseph gets the better of Harley. Really? What's up? We have Archduke Ramon in the house. Horton Diesel says Harley would win with the BJJ black belt. Amy thinks that Harley would win the fight. Um. <laughs> Robbie always say something nice unless it's Chud and then he says effing said it as I hit enter amazing yes we're on the same wavelength we're on the same wavelength that is funny <laughs> always say see it's a universal thing Robbie agrees with me always say something nice unless it's Chud always uh, Colin says beef beef is squash thought they were going to tour this year. Yeah, but clearly, I mean, clearly there's a problem because everybody, all of you guys think that they're that they are um, together. They're not. It, Harley has his own thing. Hey, Peter, what's up, buddy? We got Peter in the crowd. Haven't seen Peter in a while. Hope you're well. Hope you are well, sir. I am back. I am back. That guys, anytime that the show craps out, just hang tight for a second. Sometimes the system reloads and everything's okay. What's up, Jason? Jason's in the house. Tyler says uh, JJ announced his move on Instagram because New York was not what he grew up knowing and just relocated pretty much in a protest of sorts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, like that's just that's ridiculous it's like he's one of those guys you know he's like um he's kind of like he's kind of like an age elitist like you can never be better than me or not better than me you can never you 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 could never be on my level because you didn't grow up back then back in the day when the streets were dirt you know that old that old thing i i hate that shit man I, i'll be honest i hate that shit like it's like so what so we didn't so we weren't born yet what do you what are you, so you're gonna crucify us I mean, wh whatever, man. Like, really? Oh, st thank you, Jason. Street Justice is the name. Street Justice. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, Lee Joseph is very much into triathlon wrestling. Yeah, but I don't... Uh, I think I said wrestling. I meant racing. 
Um, I don't, I, he might have stamina. I think, okay, I'm going to tell you guys what I think. I think Harley Flanagan would absolutely kick the crap out of John Joseph. That's the honest truth. I think, I think John Joseph has probably incredible stamina, but I don't think he has fighting stamina the way that Harley does. I think Harley partially because of his background and teaching, but he's also, he's just in incredible shape. It's funny. It seems like JJ constantly works and trains to be in the shape that he's in. He's in incredible shape for being a 60 year old man. I mean, unbelievable. I, I, you know, he's in better shape than I am and I'm half his age, but um, I, I just have a feeling. I think even still Harley Flanagan, he's in, in, he doesn't do anything that JJ does. He's in better shape than JJ. He's, he seems like he could just, he would just rip uh, John Joseph uh, in two. That's my own personal opinion. I just don't think, I just don't think, it, I don't even think it would be a fight. I think, I think Harley would just, would just, just bet, uh, beat him in two seconds. Mason says, dang, I guess you're not stoked about it. I was very excited to tell you because I've never seen it before. Wait, uh, about what? Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, Tyler. You just don't know what New York really is, bro. Like, it's just so stupid, man. All oh, you mama Lukes, you don't understand what New York. It's just like, it's like, all right, man, whatever. Great. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Very few people would win against Flanagan. Probably nobody in punk. I mean, he is, he is, he is really, he, he is, he, he's, he's a fighter, dude. He's a scrapper, Harley Flanagan. John Joseph, it doesn't matter what triathlons that guy runs. He's not, he, he was not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Robbie says, as much as I hate the genericness that New York City is becoming with chain stores, New York City in the 70s and 80s was a disgusting, dangerous city. Screw that. Good point. Um, I mean, I guess it really depends on where you were. I mean, there's pluses and minuses. You know, there's pluses and minuses. I think, you know, it's so funny, like, like, Back then, there was just so like everything, like everything that's being done now, it's really hard to stand out today because there's so many people doing the same thing. But back then, it was like much easier. It's much easier to stand out as an artist if you're one of the people that are able to do that sort of stuff. And I feel like that's something that that New York in the 70s and 80s have in spades that we don't have today. Uh, across the board in the arts and it's it's frustrating it's really really frustrating when you're trying to like you know um push up you know through through everything um we got better technology we have you know although some would argue that i don't know it's different man it's different i can't i i don't know i i can't i can't say that i wouldn't be stoked to live back then and experience that time in that place. If I knew what I had, you know, you could be like my parents. My parents lived in uh, Bed-Stuy, as they call it, and they were right around the corner from all that cool shit happening, and they never, it was right under the nose. They never cared, never went. I was like, my dad was born in 52, so he was like right there. He was totally right there in the city, could have been going to see, like, all those bands and he just didn't just simply wasn't into that music could care less 
Could couldn't care less. Chris says Harley would rip his jugular out with his teeth. He really would, though. He really would. Like that's like that. I just don't even think it would be a fight, dude. It wouldn't even be a fight. Um, Fidel says going into CBGBs would be cool as f. I I can say that I did go to CBGBs and I saw John Joseph perform with the Cro-Mags. I mean, not the Cro-Mags with the Bad Brains at CBGBs. I, I got to go to CBGBs for the last three years of its existence. And that was cool, man. That was really cool. Um, my friend's band uh, used to play like audition showcases. So we would go into the city and I saw TSOL there. I got to see, I got to see some cool stuff there. Um, it was always, it was always exciting. Even, even at that time when it was like far past its glory days and now it just doesn't exist, you know? crazy crazy cheetah uh cheetah thunders says harley and jj are in great shape but the greatest shape old school punkers doyle not a fighter though as far as i know okay okay who would win in a fight harley flanagan or doyle who would win in a fight who do you think in a fight all right i oh man that's really tough. I'm I, I think I know my pick. I think I know my pick. I want to hear what what um I want to hear what you guys think. Who's gonna win the fight between Doyle and Harley Flanagan? Mind you, how tall is Harley and how tall is Doyle, right? How tall is Harley and how tall is Doyle? Let's take a look. Let's see here. I don't know if I could find that out. Doyle height. Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein height. Um, okay, Doyle is 6'3". Let's see here. Harley Flanagan height. Let's see here. Uh, it doesn't say. 5'6"? Five, 5'6"? Six? Five, six? Something like that. So Doyle's got... Doyle's got height and reach, and he's probably weighs more than Harley. They're in two different classes. They're in two different classes. Okay, ready? I I still think Harley would win. I think Harley would mess Doyle up, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I feel like Doyle, I, I think I heard this. Doyle has a back problem. I think that Harley, maybe, maybe, maybe Doyle would just, maybe Doyle would would uh would, would hurt Harley really bad. But I think Harley, in the end, I think Harley has the stamina over Doyle. And I think eventually Doyle would succumb to Harley. I think. I think. I feel like Harley's just like a little Wolverine, dude. He's like a little Wolverine. I mean, this dude, this dude. Okay, so check it out. This dude has like, I, I remember seeing a photo of like Harley, like having, um, what's it called? He, he was He had a hernia, like, you know. He had a hernia like leaking out of his gut and he just put like duct tape over it and was just like recording. Uh, he was still recording. I think he was recording with Steve Zing and he just like put some blue duct tape and like kept like going like it was no big thing. I just feel like Harley's tolerance for pain and his ability to fight. And mind you, how many fights do you think Doyle has been in? How many fights do you think Harley's been in? Harley has been in a lot of fights. That's got to count for something. I think he would I think he would take Doyle in the end in the very end. I think maybe Doyle it'll go like this. Maybe Doyle would get him, you know, rough him up, ragdoll him for the first couple of rounds and then eventually 
Harley's BJJ training would kick in. Doyle would get tired. And then once Doyle falls to the ground, or Harley's closer to the ground, obviously, that Harley would come in there and 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 do and just get him, get him. Uh, it's easy to say Doyle. I, I it's easy to say Doyle. Let's see what everybody says. Hold on. Archduke says was cool to go to CBGBs in the eighties. Would wouldn't probably recognize not would probably not recognize current NYC. I'll tell you something. It's really sad to walk down St. Mark's today. Okay, Robbie says Doyle. Um, Fidel agrees with me. Flanagan, he just fights because he felt like it. Amy says Doyle is a beast. Doyle got the reach. Jason says, I mean the height. Um, Von Spur, Kevin 45. My friend Kevin says he saw the bad brains at CBGB's. Kevin, did you see them with HR? Did you also see them with John Joseph? Um, And Rollins. Cheetah says, I saw Joey Ramone twice at CBGB circa 99 and 2000. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, Harley is a spaz. I mean, we're talking about people in two different weight classes. Weight classes exist for a reason. But outside of that, I just, I think that Doyle, I don't think Doyle would overcome Harley. I just don't think it. Um, think, I mean, I really, I, you know what, you know what I think the deciding factor would be for Doyle? What kind of stamina does he have versus Harley? Because at the end of the day, Doyle has the power. He has the reach and he has the height and he has the weight. But if his, if he gets gassed, Harley would just make turn him into mincemeat. I think. Tyler says the biggest pissing contest is when Harley and John talk about their upbringing on different. Po- yeah, it really, I agree, Tyler. I've seen it too. It's, it's just, it's just so, fr- it's just so goofy, like trying to prove who had it harder. The only thing I can say from that is that Harley has a sadness about him. I don't know. I haven't read Harley's book yet. And I know he had a really tough life on the streets and that he did. He dealt with a lot of really dark, grim stuff. Um, but I yes, I feel like JJ is always screaming about, oh, I had it harder than Harley. I grew up in the foster system. And P.S. I wrote some books on on diet and I hand out religious literature. I mean, that guy is that guy is always talking about the good deeds. That he does. If you do good deeds, here's the here's the reality. Here's the reality. This is the honest truth. If you do good deeds and you talk about them on Facebook, they are not good deeds. Okay. A good deed is something that you do privately. Nobody else knows. The moment that you start telling other people about the good deed that you did, it's no longer a good deed. It's Or it's not a selfless deed, I should say. It's not selfless because you are now getting something out of it. You are, you are stating what you've done in order so that you will be perceived in a certain way. If you want to do a purely good selfless deed do it and then don't talk about it don't ever talk about it just do it quietly without anybody seeing and just do it for the sake of doing it because when you start talking about it then you start to tur- then it starts to turn into it, it becomes uh convoluted it it's it dilutes it dilutes the purity of what you're doing you know what I mean? And yes, there's something to be said about, you know, 
setting an example and being like, I'm do, I do this. You should do it too. And I think there's a humble way to do that. There's a humble way to go about it, but to just post statuses on Facebook about like all the good stuff you do. It just, it doesn't seem like you're, and, and again, there's like no proof that you've done it. You just, or you say you've done it. And then you just post about it. It's like, why, why, what is the point of this? The point of this is because you're trying to portray yourself to look a certain way and look really cool. So if you want to do a good deed, just do it and do it quietly and don't talk about it to anybody, literally nobody. Cause the moment you start telling people about it, it suddenly turns, what are your motivations or it, it it turns from doing this thing for the sake of doing it. Integrity. That's what integrity is. Integrity means doing some. What is it the thing that you are doing when no one else is watching? It's one of the most important qualities in, in a human being. Truthfully. He's a professional fighter talking about Harley. I agree. Honestly, uh, Jason, what do you agree with? Honestly, I'm sorry. I don't. You got to specify there. Harley versus Rollins. I think, okay, so Rollins has also been in a fight. Rollins has been in a lot of fights. We know this. He's definitely uh, he's definitely a scrapper. I still think Harley would. I think Harley is at the top of that pile, man. I just think he's at the top of that pile. Even if it was uh, 84, 83, 84 Rollins, you know? And the reason why I say 83 or 84, because it's like, he joins Black Flag in 81, and it's like, you know, he gets the, the tar kicked out of him when he goes to, you know, like by eight, I feel like by 83, 84, 85, like he's like, he's so road worn and like he's so weary and like so seasoned that like he's probably, he's probably a great scrapper, Henry Rollins, at that time. Um, Now he's probably more like a house cat, but, you know, so would I. So would I. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fighter at all, so can't really talk. Uh, Kevin forty five says Danzig is a real Wolverine. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, Cheetah Thunders. Uh, Doyle, not a fighter, like I said. In this music leaves stains. There was a story that Macho Man came to a show because he was mad about Gorgeous George. Uh, Doyle just booked after the last note. Right. Yes, that is a. That is a, a well-known story, um, but just to take note that that book borrows a lot from a lot of different places. I don't want to take away from the, the guy presented a narrative. Fine. Fair enough. I always, I'm always ragging on this book. I haven't even read it because I was told, I was told by other people. It's just, the, it's Misfit Central. Mostly it's just Misfit Central, just written as a narrative. And there's no, you know, um, sources aren't properly cited. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, we do. We need someone to program. I agree, Kevin. We need a hardcore Mortal Kombat type game. That would be good. That would be good. Robbie says, you've seen Doyle throw monster punches while holding a guitar. Imagine him without the guitar. All he needs is one hit. Yes. Okay. Okay, that is true. There's something to that. If Doyle got the right hit, but that's the same thing with anything. We've talked about this before, and we talked about, um, I think when we talked about Danzig, uh, the Danzig video with um, the Northside Kings guy, all it takes is the right amount of pressure at the right point on your jaw for you to just go down like a sack of bricks, right? Like, it's just, 
it's it's very easy it's very easy to knock someone out if you get the right punch but that's assuming that that would happen and again that's doyle going up against us mere mortals you know i feel like harley flanagan is in another he's just in another class harley flanagan knows how to take a punch harley flanagan could take a punch from doyle i think i think i i really do i mean he's just like he's like the He's like this this short little like not not of muscle Harley Flanagan, you know. Um, and he he is very tolerant. He has a high threshold for tolerance and pain. That's got to count for something. So Doyle could probably wail on him, but eventually Doyle is going to just wear out, and then I think Harley would just just take him out, man. That's what I think. Even though Doyle had a lot of backup, sack piece benefit says. Honestly, I think Doyle would win. I've heard a story or two of Harley getting his ass beat in the 2000s. That's when he was younger, too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just think I think Harley would take it. I, I think, you know what? Who really knows? I, it would be a very interesting fight. Again, com- two completely different weight classes at the end of the day. Robbie says, Macho Man towers over Doyle, is a professional wrestler, and was coked the hell up. Anyone would shake if Macho Man found out you were effing his wife, a.k.a. that was Gorgeous George. Um, oh, you're so lucky. Kevin saw the Bad Brains with HR during the final week of shows. That was in October. Cro-Mags might have opened. Wow. Wow. That is that is friggin' lucky. Um, Danzig versus Jerry, who would win? <laughs> Uh, yeah, hardly sadness. You're right. Okay, that's what you're referring to. Amy says Doyle is a gentle giant. He's a lover, not a fighter. Um, yeah, man, I feel like Doyle does not have speed. I, I, I Harley is fast. Harley would be faster. Anastasia, you're right. You're right. Posting good deed is nothing more than creating an image of yourself. Exactly, Archduke. That's what it's all about, man. I, I told yes, exactly. Rollins. We did a whole video about Rollins versus Danzig. Um, 1994 Rollins versus 1994 Danzig. That was the that was the year. Go check out that video. It's on this channel. Jason says that Harley would win versus Doyle. It would just that's what it really okay. So it comes down to speed. And stamina, I don't think strength plays a part. And the reason why is for all the power that Doyle has, I think Harley would just be able to take it. Harley would be able to take the, he has a high threshold for pain. And I think that eventually after Doyle like started to wear out or, you know, I mean, you can only, he could only bash him for so long before, or how about this? If Harley just gets on his back or something, puts him in a chokehold. And, you know, I mean, listen, uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of flexibility Doyle has compared to Harley, but I just I still think. And you know when I would want to see them fight? I wouldn't want to see them fight back in the day. I'd want to see them fight right now. I want to see like how I think I just saw up here. Harley's 55 and Doyle is 64. Doyle is like 58. I want to see 55 year old Harley versus fight. 58 year old Doyle. Exactly how they are, you know, in their fitness because they both seem to be really, really, really fit right now. But you know what's funny? Like, you don't see Harley Post does a lot of grandstanding on his Facebook page and talks about his exploits and things and yada, yada, yada. 
um, in a much less annoying way than, than John Joseph does. Um, but you don't hear Harley talk about working out and I'm not saying that's because he doesn't do it. I'm saying like, I feel like he just, it's not something that he needs to talk about. He just does it. You could look at his body, look at how friggin' jacked he is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not something that he really like, he doesn't put that on blast, but it's there. And so therefore he's probably at the height of his powers. And we know that Doyle is Doyle's just like Doyle's a beast, dude. Um, it, man, that's a pay-per-view. I would kill to see. Oh my Lord. I mean, you know what else it is too? We're talking about punching. You got to think about grappling. Who's going to win in a grapple. Do you really think that Doyle is going to be able to grapple with Harley? Harley is a grappler. Doyle is not a grappler. If, if Harley got Doyle to the ground, it would be over, man. He would figure out a way. He'd, he'd as, as people said before, he's feisty. He would just figure out a way to uh, take Doyle out. That's, I honestly think that is the, uh, that's the truth, man. Um, It would be interesting to see, though. I'm trying to think if there's anything else for us to cover here. Anastasia says, martial arts is, Explosive strength and endurance sports is a slow twitch strip. Endurance sports is a slow twitch strength. JJ um, takes martial arts, but is never training martial arts. Yeah, I don't think JJ is much of a fighter, man. I, I really don't. I just don't. I think that would be that's an easy fight. And I know that I think JJ has an injury on his leg. I feel like I feel like Harley would just take him out, man. Harley would take him out in two minutes. That's what would happen. Um, Robbie says I'm thinking about grappling wrong though. It's like a spider monkey trying. <laughs> he says you're thinking about grappling wrong though. It's like a spider monkey trying to take down King Kong. Um, yeah, but like. There's definitely a, a they're definitely closer in weight than a spider monkey in King Kong. Um, I think okay, all right, all right. If Harley's able to climb, are we really discussing this right now? I I, I can't believe the sentence I'm about to say. If Harley is able to climb up on Doyle's back and get an arm around Doyle's neck and then come down like pull down with all of his weight, he would bring Doyle down. I really think so. I think. Listen, Doyle is strong, but Harley is also exerting force when he's doing this. I don't think, I, I just, I don't think Doyle would, uh, I, I don't think Doyle could withstand that. I don't think so. Uh, Doyle does have, okay, I once got to shake Doyle's hand and I put my, and, and this is not for reference because I am the last person to put in reference in any kind of fighting scenario, but I'm a, I'm I'm six foot. I'm about six foot. I'm like five eleven and a half, really. But I put my hand in Doyle's hand and I shook his hand backstage at the Riot Fest show. And Doyle's hand is so big, it's not a hand. It's like a giant gorilla paw. My whole hand like fit in Doyle's hand when I shook his hand. This rough, like baroque. I don't know if baroque is the right word. This rough, raw hand. And it's like, I'm sure if he grabbed Harley Flanagan with that hand, he would ragdoll Harley. But I think Harley could handle it. I think Harley 
would be okay. He would he would hold on in some way, shape, or form. Oh, <laughs> but who's gonna punch Michelle Graves? I mean, isn't he tangled with PB's one six events? Yes, that is very interesting. Um, so it's funny you bring that up, actually. Uh, he he was he's always claimed that he was performing for like Latinos for Trump or whatever. But I guess so. First of all, like the Proud Boy, I it's I guess it's come out that the Proud Boys were doing some really organized clandestine stuff for one six. Like they were they were they were trying to and we're, all this stuff is going to blow open in, in a week or two. At least I'm hoping it will with this uh, committee hearing. But what was interesting was. I guess I guess Michael Graves was kind of tied more to that stuff than maybe he had let on. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd be very interested to see how that plays out if he is indeed tangled. I do know that he did. I guess he did speak to the FBI about that stuff, but I think it was in re- reference to someone else. Like it wasn't because he was being accused of anything. However. You know, I don't know. Maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, time will tell. Time will surely, surely tell. Um, I think one thing is for certain: never has someone just destroyed their career so thoroughly by uh, simply proclaiming themselves as a proud boy. I mean, that dude destroyed his career. We talked. I did a whole video on this two years ago for two hours about how that dude just like wrecked himself, and here we are, two years later, and it's like. You know, he's doing like a Christian tour, Christian private touring, uh, Christian private parties, you know. I mean, I hope he's making enough money to provide for his family. It's really sad to me in that kind of way. (sighs) Oh, my God, it's almost midnight. Uh, Here I am thinking that this would have been a quick, you know, 45 minutes hour and we're talking about harley flanagan crawling up doyle's back and equating it to being like a spider monkey taking down king kong uh but isn't that like that's the best conversation right that's like you know you you come on you come on with a topic you try to you know you just sort of you find you try and find the groove try to find something fun to talk about let your imagination run wild until you find something interesting and hilarious and uh, i don't know i don't know i'm just babbling um okay couple of things coming up tomorrow by the way if you enjoy i don't say this enough and i'm gonna start saying this if you enjoy this channel please consider subscribing if you are not subscribed um like this video leave a comment check out the patreon um buy a cup of coffee if you want to support the channel uh same thing with the patreon that also helps support this channel uh there's a bunch of there's a bunch of content that's not on the youtube channel unless you're a youtube member or uh, a patreon member we also have the youtube membership program we have people with arch uh archduke ramon just joined the uh the patreon i'm uh, not the patreon the, the youtube membership Different thing, different uh, programs, but uh, very much the same content. There is some content that is exclusive only to Patreon and not to uh, the rest. So check all that stuff out. Um, 
We got Better Call Saul coming up tomorrow. If you are a Better Call Saul fan, we are going to be, I have a whole slew of guests. I have my friend Bob Rose from Thundergrunt, uh, Jason Horton from Jay Horton, fresh off of directing a, a horror film called Cra uh, Craving, a uh, feature that he just did. Uh, my friend Nate Dog, who's been on a couple of times, we're going to be talking about Better Call Saul, the first half of the final season. And then when the final half of the final season happens, we'll do a follow-up conversation about how they wrapped up the whole thing. Additionally, I am continuing work on a top secret project. I've been talking about it for some time. No, this is not the doc. No, this is not uh, the Black 29 video. This is a secret project that I have been working on, toiling away on for a very, very long time. And I have about four or five shooting days left, and I'm very excited to um, hopefully be putting it to bed and making some really big announcements very soon. But I can't until until I have I have to see how things pan out. I can't do it just yet. Additionally, I'm doing the uh, film debacle, uh, 72 hour film debacle. And this is the third one. I love doing it. Uh, if you're a YouTube member or a Patreon, you can watch Beyond the Green Hole, which is uh, a short film that I made. Very, very not suitable for work. Okay. And um, yeah, so we're going to be doing that this week and going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Hey, thank you for showing up, Sack. Really appreciate it. Um, also, what are my thoughts on the Sex Pistol show as of now? I did a whole review. There's an hour and 40-something minute review about the Pistols show on FX. Go check it out. It's there. Go check it out. Hey, what's up, Rue? Rue says, no Peter Steele versus Doyle. Be <laughs> Well, well, what do you think, Rue? Who would win with Harley Flanagan and Doyle and Peter Steele and Doyle? I think I think Doyle would take it. I think Doyle would take it. Um, oh, oh, this is a big one. We have Tank is coming back. Tank is coming back. I think it's happening this Sunday. So we have another episode of the Streaming Evil Live show. If you enjoy what the topic that this chat that people love this channel for more than anything, talking misfits. We're going to be talking a huge chunk of, of the Misfits history, not with Glenn Danzig, after Glenn Danzig. Tank was there. He saw all of the 90s Misfits stuff happen. Lots of very interesting stories. If you care about that band and it's all of its history, you're not going to want to miss the second part of our Tank series. Uh, we It's called Grim Tales. We already did the first episode. That's up on the channel. It's a really good one. It's about three hours long. So if you need, oh, okay. Rue says steal all the way. Yow. Steal all the way. Check that out. All right. That's it. That's it. That's the end. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we say peace and hair grease. And let me tell you a little bit of something about the Patreon. Check out Better Call Salt tomorrow on this channel. Turn on notifications if they're not turned on. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full time. I want this 
to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. (laughs) So right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. (laughs) The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.